And welcome into the No Layup Show, David Nuno. And, dude, you get me every time with that smile. Like, it's like, <laughs> like it's come my, on. I'm happy to be here. That's why. But it's like, are you are you forcing the smile? It's like, like come on, man. Like, don't be scared of the show. It's fun. Real. <laughs> I, You know how uh, old-time broadcasters say, you know, back in my day, or old-time people always say, you know, when I was younger. Well, when I was younger, Raheel. There was a, a young man at Texas City. It was actually twin brothers who I covered, who now they're like grown up, grown ups. Not only are they like, you know, had a great college career, NFL, children. Like, like I like I, you feel your age when Deontay Foreman is not only a veteran professional, but he joins the show. I was interviewing this kid when he was a child. Like, and here he is on the show, on the No Layup show. What's up, D? What's up, man? How y'all doing? Doing wonderful, man. So, Raheel, I'm going to let you take over here because we like to do this thing where we break the ice, get to know our guests a little bit. We know Deontay from several different layers, but we're about to really know Deontay. So, Raheel, you take it over. All right. We're going to do the same five questions. Deontay, we ask this to all of our guests, okay? The questions don't change. So, let's start it up. Number one, what is one song you wish everybody would listen to at least once in their life? Uh, um, hmm, one song. Oh, man. We only ask tough questions here. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Lil Baby. Lil Baby, uh, uh what's that song called? How's the name of it? Uh, the one he just made. Not too long, huh? Yeah, Bigger Pitch. Okay. Yeah, baby, Bigger Pitch. Yeah, I think, I think everybody should hear that song at least once. Let me interject. This is a true point in, in where we are in the world today. I don't know the so- name of any songs anymore. It's just track three, or I go on my Spotify list, <laughs> and I just play it, right? Like, we used to know the name of songs. We don't know them anymore. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, I just I just go to it on my phone. I don't really pay attention to what it what's the name of it. I just, I just know that I, I listen to it, you know what I mean? So There you go. Number two, what is one thing you always have to have in your fridge? Okay. Cold water. Look at that. Like, Hydration. That's like, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Like cold water. I have to have cold water and being able to hydrate. Yeah. Got mine. Look. Ice cold, <laughs> baby. Got that big old gallon ready to go. I don't want Jay to get mad at me for not being hydrated. Uh, number three, what is one place you want to visit but you haven't yet? Dubai. Okay. Man, it's awesome. It's a futuristic city. It doesn't look real. It's that crazy. Yeah, I've seen pictures of it. I've always dreamed to go. Uh, I really want to go with my brother, some of my friends and family. Uh, that's, that's like my dream. I don't want to go by myself. I want to go. I want to take my, my friends and family with me. So That's really cool. Number four, who is one person alive that you want to meet and have coffee with? Kevin Gates. Ooh. Kevin he's Gates. always on he's always on the grind though yeah yeah and it's like and another reason why is because i mean i just think that um you know ever since i was pretty much like high school i just been looking uh looking at him and just watching his interviews and you know the things that he talks about you know i, I kind of relate to a lot of stuff that he says not one yeah i would say i relate to a lot of things that he say um or i understand the things that he says and where he come from with, with his points and everything and he actually likes to drink coffee so that's another thing too i'm not really a big coffee drinker but you know he, he drinks coffee a lot too so I oh hold on david I give mean, him your okay because david and i are huge coffee guys okay so david give him a recommendation go what coffee well, should he drink 
Oh, I, I don't. I just whatever coffee's there, I drink. Office coffee that tastes like you know oil, or I I just need my coffee. And I think I have a coffee issue, Deontay, because like I need it in the morning, and then somehow at two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm like, I could sure use another cup of coffee. And it's like they're big, they're venties. Wow, that's crazy. Like I I don't think I could drink that much coffee. Nope. I go one in the morning. I gotta have cold brew. I'm uh, I'm a snob now. I need that cold brew, and I make my own because what's up? Hashtag on that uh budget. But uh, I, I have to I have to have cold brew. I can't do hot anymore. Deontay, uh, let me interject here. Okay. I don't know about you, but I think it's, I find it very difficult to be friends with people who have cold coffee and cold soup. I, I think there are people that like you can't trust people who have cold coffee and cold soup. All right, and that's for real. I never heard of the cold soup. I, I don't know. I just never heard nobody eating cold soup ever. What's your What's your So you don't drink coffee at all. Uh, I, I used to drink. I used to drink coffee here and there. Um, uh, when I was with the Texans, I would uh, you know, just stay up in meetings and stuff like that. I think a lot of people used to drink coffee to try to, you know, what I'm saying give an extra boost and stuff in the morning. But I, I wasn't really big on it though. I was just doing it to help myself stay up. Okay. All right. Last question for you: What's one app that you want to delete off your phone, but you just can't? <laughs> oh man. I don't think I have an app that I want. If I don't want it, I'm gonna delete it. So like, I don't. I don't think it's an app that I want to delete that I haven't. Perfect. You're a man of action. I like that because a lot of our guests are like, I just can't delete Twitter. Or and you're like, I'm just gonna delete it. I don't care. I like that. No, nah, if, if I don't want it, I'm gonna delete. I'm gonna get rid of it. Suntel said that we just disregarded that song. Uh, I don't think we did, but whatever. Um, the the song that you you, you mentioned a moment ago. So D, I I I gotta understand, man. I know your work ethic. I know what you did in high school, what you did in college, what you did with the Texans. Okay, when are we going to get you back in the NFL, man? Because we we miss seeing you with that with the ball. Yeah, man. You know, hopefully soon. You know, um, we're just waiting on you know things to shake, get some calls in, um, and get these workouts in, man. You know, I, like I said, I've been working hard, trying to make sure I'm ready to go, prepare. You know, for whenever we get the whenever we get the calls or whatever. And I feel like um, you know when we get to that point. I'll be ready to go. Man, I, you know, like I follow you on Instagram. I follow Jay on Instagram, your trainer at uh, Satari Training and Fitness. And you have been on the grind, man, this summer. It's been incredible to watch. Is this like just rebuilding everything, getting everything right, the foundation, and then, of course, hitting it hard once we figure out what happens in the future? I mean, this workout season has been hard for you. Yeah, man, it's been a lot, you know, with the with the pandemic and you know, just me not knowing, you know, what was going to happen, you know, just based on, you know, whether we're going to play football, whether we're not going to play football, whether, you know what I'm saying, I get a call or not. Like, you know, it was just so much up in the air at that time. And then I was hurt. I had told my uh, tricep, you know, with the coach. Um, so it was just a lot on my plate. But, you know, just, just me having great people in my corner, you know, and people just wanting to see me win, me wanting to win. Um, you know, I knew what I needed to do. And, you know, that was just, you know, focus. Uh, lose weight, which I, I feel like a lot of, I lost a lot of weight just working out, man, and, and doing doing the things I need to do. Um, I feel like with the Texans, and I, I, try, I tell a lot of people this, with the Texans, I feel like at that point, um, I didn't really understand, you know, what it was to be a professional athlete fully. You know what I mean? It was, it was more so like, you know, I, I was enjoying it, but once I got injured, I didn't understand what it meant to really just be focused on rehabbing and making sure I was, you know, fully where I needed to be, you know what I mean? And uh, I think that was one of the things that I learned, you know, over this time period, just, you know, how, how, how important it is to really, you know, 
focus on everything, every little thing too. You know, you can't skip anything. You have to go step by step and make sure you're knocking out everything that you need to knock out. And I feel like, you know, back then I wasn't always, uh, you know, on point with everything I needed to do. And, you know, me understanding that now, I think it's going to help me so much more, you know, for my, for my career. So take me back. So it was about a year ago, right? That, uh, the, the NFL dream had to be restarted for you. Um, how did that conversation go? What did you think? Was it something you were expecting? How, how, how did you take that and use it to where you are now? Um, I mean, because like I said, at the time, I didn't know what was going to happen with me. You know what I mean? I knew that football and, you know, being in the NFL was something that I always dreamed about doing. I always felt like I was one of the best, um, you know, so I felt like, you know, when it was taken away from me, I had to look at every angle, you know what I mean? I had to look at myself. I had to reflect on, you know, everything I was doing. Then I had to reflect on, you know, just the business side of everything too, understanding like, man, like this is was a lot bigger than me. It's a lot bigger than, you know, just us players in general. Like it's a, it's a business, it's a multi-dollar, billion-dollar industry. So it's like every everything that you do just have to be, you know, taken, you know, with caution, you know, whether that's, you know, making sure your body is taken care of the way you carry yourself uh, around everybody else. You know, um, one thing about me, I was more so like a laid back guy. I really didn't say too much. Um, and I think people started to cre create their own perspective of who I was based on just how I would go about my day to day. You know what I mean? And I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't the most talkative person. If you ask my teammate, they would say, you know, Foreman wasn't a talker, you know what I mean? He didn't really say much, but I think, you know, and some people, uh, they may look at me and, and feel like, oh, well, he doesn't want to be here. He's not excited to be here. He just, he just here. He just, you know what I mean? And plus, I wasn't playing. So I wasn't on the field. I wasn't able to, you know, really do nothing for the team at that point either. So, like I said, it's just a lot of little small detail that I learned about myself and just understanding that, you know, to be a football player in this league, you know, you got to have all the tools, you know what I mean? And you got to be able to, you know, show, show, show everybody, you know, on the field and off the field. It's not, it's not just about what you do on the field. And at a point I felt like, you know, what I was doing on the field would take care of, you know, me, you know, being who I was, but you know, you gotta, you gotta fix that. And like I said, I was 21 years old at that time, just turned 21 when I got drafted. Like I think I turned 21, maybe three days after I got drafted or three days before I got drafted, something like that. So, you know, it was, it was, it was like one of the things that I had to grow up. You know what I mean? I feel like I did that. And then, you know, that happens. Um, was there somebody that helped you realize all of this and, and kind of teach you those lessons? Because there were veterans in the locker room, obviously. Um, but, you know, guys get busy, right? Like, they're not going to babysit anybody. But was there somebody for you, Deontay, where they helped you realize this afterwards? Um, No, not really. It's most on me. Okay. And, and, you know, just the people around me, you know, because I'm a person that, you know, I don't, I don't put the blame on anybody. You know what I mean? I don't I don't point the finger like, you know, if something happens, you know, the first thing you got to do is go look yourself in the mirror and see, like, what did you what did you go wrong? And what did you do wrong? Mm. I feel like, uh, you know, identifying with myself was one of the biggest things that I had to do is like, OK, wh what do you want to do? What do you want to be? You know what I mean? What what is it that you really want to do in this life? And if, if football is it, then you have to make sure that everything that you're doing to play football is, is done the right way. You can't cut no corner you can't skip anything you know what i mean so you got to be attentive you got to go in there and show show everybody that you want to be there you know what i mean you can't just tell somebody oh i want to be here and you're not and they can't see it through the actions you know what i mean so 
like I said, it's just a lot that I had to learn for myself, man. And, you know, I feel like I did that. So I'm looking forward to, you know, my next chapter. All right, Deontay, let's talk about the future then. Uh, you know, we the, the Texans was, and I love your approach, with, by the way, using it as a, as a learning lesson for your future. Okay. So now the future's here, right? Um, beyond the, the, the mental side, beyond the physical side, how do you feel right now if you get another opportunity of what you can bring to a football team? Um, one thing I feel like I could be bring to a football team is for one, um, helping helping my uh, teammates understand like for one my place where I've been, you know, um, coming in as a third round draft pick, you know, getting hurt early, um, you know, and just not living up to my full potential. I feel like um, you know it's many people in the league and there's other people that have their own stories, but you know my story, I feel like I could just you know rub off on other people. I, I, I hope it, it'll rub off on other people, basically, just by me understanding, you know, how to go about things and people, you know, and me being able to tell the younger guys or, you know, even people that's, you know, maybe around my age, you know, that like, man, like, you know, just, just how, how, to, how to go about things to where they never be able to get to where I was at, you know what I mean, or, or fall to where I, where I fell to. So um, I think that, for one, and for two, you know, just somebody that's hungry, ready to work, you know what I mean? Um, you know, like I know what it's like to be at home. I know what it's like not to not to be doing what you dreamed about doing your whole life. So at this point, it's like you know I, I have nothing to hold back. You know, what I mean, I'm giving my all, everything, everything I need to do. I'm gonna do it, and uh, you know, I'm gonna live with the results. Man, that is awesome to hear that you're actually taking these lessons, applying them, and hopefully, as you mentioned, the next chapter still. Uh, soon to be written so it's good to hear that with your workouts now like um, how intense have they been because you see that dream you know you, this is you know you, how many shots do you get at it right and hopefully we get get a chance for you to see that how intense have these workouts been now because of that one shot that potentially could happen man it's been really intense you know me, me and Jay you know we've been going at it and uh, you know I tell them you know when I come in here like man I we got to ramp it up a little bit more and not saying that we haven't even been going hard, but I just know how much like what, where I want to be. So it's like, man, I come here and be like, man, look, I, I want to do this today. I want, I want to work more on this. And it's not like I'm trying to come in here and decrease what we're doing. I'm trying to increase, you know what I mean? And, and he's always, you know, listening to, you know, what, what I might say or what I might bring to the table and we do it, you know what I mean? And it, like I said, man, he's been great to me. You know, what I mean, just with everything, uh, you know, he's been a, a good friend to me too. Um, being able to me being able to vent about, you know, some of my frustrations, uh, just like you know, just uh, within the not knowing, you know, those those type of frustrations, not knowing whether we're gonna actually play football, whether not knowing, you know, whether a call will come or not, or you know, just me. I mean, I'm a human at the end of the day, mm -hmm. so I still have feelings. I still, you know, get to the point when I see football moving and, you know, I haven't got a call or things not going in, you know, my favor. Like, you know, it's frustrating. But, you know, like I said, he's been he's been a person that, you know, let me know, like, man, you got a problem or if anything's on your mind, call me. You know, we can talk about it. You know what I mean? I'm here for you. So, you know, when you got a person like that, it's like, you know, and then then he's here to help me train too. It's like, man, you can't, you can't beat that. Yeah, you, you've been in the huddle with uh, Deshaun Watson, right? So you you know what kind of leader he is, what kind of guy he is. It, I mean, from an outsider's point of view, I feel like this kid's got it, man. You you were there with him. Just what what do you think uh, of Deshaun? Man, to be honest, uh, Deshaun is he's a great guy. You know, what I mean, um, I remember I remember my last day at practice. Um, he was we were uh, we was running we were uh, on a goal line drill, 
And uh, I think I actually fumbled the ball. I was upset, man. I was I was hurt. And I kind of knew that, you know, I just – I kind of knew what it was going to end up being, to be honest. You know what I mean? I kind of felt, felt the energy the whole time. And, you know, he came up to me. He was like, man, bro, it's okay. Like, you're going to be all right. Like, you know what I'm saying? We need you. You know what I'm saying? You know, bounce back. And, unfortunately, they let me go, like, the next day, which I kind of felt it. Like I said, I felt it coming. But, um, you know, like I said, man, he's always been a person that, you know, was, was you know, trying to uplift everybody. He, you know, he, he's just one of those people. You know, he got a smile on his face every day. He come in the locker room. It's never – I've never seen him upset about nothing. You know what I mean? So – that type of energy, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's what I, that's what I've learned to realize is like, you know, you don't always have to be, he's not the most talkative, you know, he, he's not just around just being the loudest in the locker room, but hit the, the way he carries himself. is just, you know, the energy he brings into a room. So it's like, you see it, you feel it. So now it's like, now that I could, now I had a time to reflect and sit back on these type of things. It's like, yeah, I think I need to take some pages out of some of these people's book. You know what I mean? Because I felt like my way was a cool way. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, I made it as far as I did being who I was. You know what I mean? So, like I said, I was young, and, you know, I made my mistakes. But at this point, you know what I'm saying, I, I understand what I need to do, and I'm ready to do it. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what you've been doing in the community. Um, a lot, uh, you know, has happened in the last few months with so much racial injustice and people speaking out and taking action. Uh, what have you been up to in the community and how have you been giving back? Um, uh, I give back really just through, uh, you know, my little league teams, um, you know, football team, seven on seven. That's my biggest thing of giving back, man. I want to see those guys that, you know, I, uh, where I came up from, I want to see those young guys make it and, and be mm -hmm. successful. And I feel like, you know, with me being out there and also my brother being out there and the things that we're doing and teaching those guys, it's like you can't – you're not really getting that from anywhere else because we've been to every level. We've done it all. You know what I mean? And, and then with the, with the position that I was in, going to the NFL, getting hurt, getting cut, you know what I mean? And ending back up at home for a lot of the time, you know, and training these guys and helping them get to where they want to be. It, it, it really, it really helped me learn a lot about myself. It helped me learn a lot about understanding the coaches side of things. You know what I mean? Because we got a really talented team. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta figure out how to get first, how to get these guys the ball. You gotta understand, you gotta figure out how to um, deal with egos you got to understand how to deal with, you know, a player that might be good, but he's just not giving it his all every day. You know what I mean? And you start to see these things, and we come from the same place. So it's guys on my team that I look at or that I coach that I look at, and I'll be like, you just like me. Like, I was just like you as a kid. So and it's like I know what type of destruction you coming up to, even as good as you are. Like, I was very good. I made it to the NFL. But see where I'm at now because of, you know, just my habits. So you just got to learn. That's why I try to teach them. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's way bigger than football with me at this point. It's like, man, just everything that I, I know now about, you know, myself. Like I said, I did a lot of reflecting. So everything I know about myself, I try to better everybody that's around me. Like I don't, is I didn't learn this and go through this just for me. Like I went through this to be able to give back to the younger guys. You know what I mean? And, you know, their parents and, you know, even even the kids, man, they love it. You know, I love it. You know, I think that was one of the best things that happened to me as far as being able to coach and uh, just see everything from every angle. You know what I'm saying? I've never been a coach. So mm -hmm. being able to teach it, understand how it goes. I mean, granted, we are literally, it's a literally thing, but it's like, but the, but the, um, your mindset is the same. Like, you know, as a kid, 
you know, they have a mindset to where they know that, okay, I'm better than a lot of these other kids, but so I don't have to work it hard. Well, nah, that's not the case. You know what I mean? Because if you start to create those habits now, you're going to have the same habits once you get older. It's not going to change just because you got older. You're going to you have to understand what it is before you can change. So, you know, I think that's what that's why I come into play, man. So uh, other than that, you know, I think that's why I give most of my time to as a kid, man. Yeah, and you said it's bigger than football, but you've been going through that since 2016. Um, your life is more than football. You you were hit with personal tragedy back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Talk about how that has kind of molded the man you are away from the football field, the family man that you are, and the way you handle things. Um, so I got two beautiful kids, man, um, a girl and a boy. Uh, and I just I cherish my kids so much, uh, just being around them, um, telling them I love them each and every day, you know, I think, uh, you know, me, them knowing, you know, how, how important they are to me, um, you know, how important I am to them. And, you know, it's some wonderful feeling, man. Like, you know, when you, when you lose a child and it's taken away from you before you even really get a chance to experience it, that was my first kid. So it was like, I felt like something was taken away from me before I even got a chance to experience it. That's like, that's almost worse than, you know, getting cut from the NFL. Like, at least I got a chance to experience what it was like. So, you know, with my son, you know, I never got a chance to experience that. So with my two kids now, it's like, man, every day I'm, I, I let them know, like, I love you to death. Like, and, you know, any, anything, anything you ever need, I'm going to be here for you. And that's why I go so hard with what I do now. Cause it's like, man, I never wanted to be in a position to where I felt like, you know, I got to, figure out a way to provide like no nah, like I worked so hard to get to this position to get to the NFL I'm not about to let it go now like no nah, mm-hmm. I mean we I accept everything that ever happened to me I accept being cut I accept getting hurt I accept all that you got to accept the bad to get to the good and you know we're gonna get to the good that's gonna happen how old are they two and uh 10 months oh man so that's actually amazing. my daughter my daughter would be three at the end of this month and my son actually be one um next month so David has how many do you have now, David? Like seven? I have four, four, <laughs> four kids, uh, and 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 they, I'll tell you that your words are resonate with me. We almost lost my daughter uh, in twenty fourteen. She survived, uh, but the the perspective that you have on life as a father uh, to me it's the greatest gift in the world. What we do for a profession, uh, I love it. We're very blessed. You play football. I get to talk about sports. We're b- very blessed, no doubt about it. But fatherhood. Um, to me, is what life is all about. Um, and, the biggest, and, you know, the, 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 biggest, the biggest and greatest. You're right. Yeah. And I think I try to tell a lot of people that, definitely a lot of young men, is like, man, like, being your kid's life, like, you know what I mean? I, that's like, it's so big for me. Like, I, I can't see how people can have kids and not do everything they can to possibly see them grow and, and be the best they can be. It's like, I guess I guess when you when you – I don't know. I, I can't say that, but I guess when you lose a kid, for me, when you lose a kid, it's like, man, you, I want to I wanna cherish everything about my children, you know, everything about my kids. I want to see them grow. I want to see them win. I want to see them, you know, you know, have their ups and downs, their struggles. That's part of life. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I tell them all the time, like, man, you fall. I, my son walk around falling and stuff. You get up, you'll be all right. Falling, bump his head or whatever. You'll be right. That's part of life. Like, you know, I, I go through ups and downs. I bump my head plenty of times, you know, I mean? probably not literally, but, you know, just through life. I bump my head plenty of times. So that's how I look at it. Like, man, like, you'll be all right. Get up. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be here for you anyway. So, you know, whatever whatever struggles you have, they, they my struggles too. 
You know what I mean? That that's just how I view things about my my kids and you know my brother. My brother also have two daughters, and the way he is about his kids is the same way. So it's like, you know, my dad always told me growing up, man, I love you. Like that was, you know, he always said that. So you know, just, just how it is in my household, man. And you know, like on a selfish level as well as dads. It, this is your legacy, right? Like what you do and you do with your partner or your spouse, whatever it is on a selfish level, though, this is your legacy. Like, no, uh, you know, David, there, no, no one's going to remember what we said on this podcast. No. Hopefully, you know, maybe they do for like next week, but a year from now, nobody's going to remember this. Right. But what they will remember is when they see our kids is, oh, that's, you know, that's David's daughter or Raheel's daughter uh, yeah. or Deontay's son. Like that legacy selfishly, you would do anything to protect it and make sure it's it's correct, right? Like it, it's something you're proud of. No doubt, no doubt, man. Yeah. I think um, you know, with my kid, I I was already letting my son see my highlights. You know what I mean? And that's just and that's because I mean I'm proud of what I've been able to accomplish. Mm. I want him to be proud of what I was able to accomplish. You know what I mean? And I want him to see me and be like, I want to be better than that. You know what I mean? And if he decides not to play football a day in his life, I'm fine with that. Just be passionate about something. And whatever you're passionate about, I'm learning to be passionate about it too. Cause you know, you're my son. I want to see you do well. So it's like, I'm not forcing anything on, on my kids to do anything, but you know, whatever they, whatever they choose to do, I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to support it 110%. And uh, like I said, I just want to see them win. And like you said, the legacy thing, you know, people being me being who I am, definitely like, there's always going to be, Oh, that's his, that's his son. That's his daughter. So, you know, the way they're raised, the way they go about, you know, their day-to-day means a lot to me. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, we got to be on point. Yep. And I feel like if, if I'm if I'm telling them that they got to be on point and do all these things, then I got to live that same way in my life. I got to be better in my in my uh, workspace, in my business. You know what I mean? So it's like, like I said, man, I did a lot of reflecting on my life, man. And I feel like I'm just ready to go. Yeah, I got to say this, man. I, I've known you for a little bit, uh, but I think this this – podcast here i think is very po- powerful because people get a perception of someone based on what they read in the news and and you know the reason you were released whatever it may be you're, you're over here uh, pouring your soul and i gotta thank you so much for for coming out here and and putting yourself out like that the kind of father you are the kind of professional you're, you're becoming um but i've got to ask you something i keep getting things on facebook and maybe you can help clear this up i'm watching i'm reading these comments eric is saying for you to tell us about the balletician billionaire bully that you have do you know what that means? Do you have like a, a dog that I'm not aware of, or what's a balletician bully? Uh, yeah, um, I just got a, I just bought a bully dog, um, and I actually, I actually bought it, I actually bought it for my, uh, for my little, for my younger brother. Um, okay. He's been asking me for a dog for a minute now, and uh, you know, it's a great dog, wonderful. Like he loves the dog. Um, you know, every time I go to my mom's house, you know, he's with the dog, running around, enjoying it. Um, so I actually don't have the dog myself, but. Uh, you know, he, he loves the dog. He was so excited when I brought it to him. He was so happy. So, uh, and, that, and that's really what he's been asking me for. So, man, it's a great dog, beautiful dog. And, uh, yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, I have to look that up. I got to see a picture of this now. That's that's pretty cool. So, um, that's cool, man. Deontay, uh, thank you. I know you're – we literally took him during his workout, David, by the way. Like, here, hold, put the camera down. Let me. Like, he's at the gym. Like, Deontay's re- literally at the gym right now. Like, look, check this out. We stopped his yeah. workout so he could join the no layup show. I love that. Deontay, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Uh, from one Longhorn to another, can't wait to see you uh, gain even more success. And don't be a stranger, okay? Uh, come back on the podcast.
Oh yeah, no doubt, man. Anytime, man. Um, I enjoyed it. Like I said, man. Thank you again, David. Thank you again, Raheel. Thank you, man. Like I feel like uh, you know, people, people needed to hear that. You know what I mean? I think uh, you know, just like you said, they put out. Uh, it was a narrative put out on who I was. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I never really got a chance to really stand in front of it and speak my piece about it. You know, like I said, I'm not pointing a finger at nobody at all. Like I, I did a lot of reflecting for myself. I, I had to understand what, what I went wrong first. You know what I mean? And you know, I feel like. I really do understand, you know what I mean? I'm not blaming anybody. So at this point, it's just like, you know, what kind of better man you're going to be, what kind of better football player you're going to be. And I'm willing, I mean, I'm ready to, you know, embark upon, you know, what's next for me. Perfect. Well, we're going to root for you, man, wherever you go. Uh, and I know you're going to be back in the NFL real soon. And uh, we're going to miss seeing you around Houston unless you come back at some point. But uh, you're the man, and, and I can't wait to cover you much, much longer, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Yeah, I did for me. Hey, man, and I'm so happy we did that interview because this is a guy that in the locker room we all would gravitate to because he, you know, there's certain players that talk. Deontay talks, right? He, he's got mm -hmm. good opinions, good talks, and he'll give you some great insight. And uh, I, you know, it, it's sad when you see a kid grow up mm -hmm. and then um, not be in the locker room anymore, right? You know, we we saw him at Texas, we saw him at, at Texas City, and and obviously with the Texans. So now he gets an opportunity to. Uh, Hopefully get another opportunity, I should say, uh, in the NFL at some point, wherever that may be. We, we wish him well. Yeah. And that's the other thing, man. You know, a lot of people, we always say this, right? Like you want to learn from your mistakes. You want to learn and grow from your mistakes. But he was put in a position where like his mistakes were in a public setting, right? That's hard. That's something really tough to deal with for a lot of people. So to see that he has this great attitude about it now and has taken those failures and applied them as something that he can apply for the future in terms of a positive. I, I love hearing that, man. And I can't wait to see what's next for him. I have a question for you. Does this ever happen to you? Because it's happening right now. Can you tell that there's a little water on my chin? Is it noticeable on the screen? No, I, I, I can't tell. Like, we're so new. We don't have the HD capabilities no. to see that. But if, if you were on TV right now, it'd be a oh, big yeah. issue. Well, here's the problem. Once a day at least, I'll drink water, and then sometimes a little drip comes right here. Just every once a day, and like right now, it's just not opportunistic. Like I, I don't like that this was on on camera. So, and, and now that I'm bringing light to it, I made it worse. So there we go. Okay, so let's answer our own question that we posed in the title of this episode. What's one piece of advice that you have for the first day of school? And we've been getting a lot of cool responses. Uh, my daughter starts school for the first time tomorrow. She's going to kindergarten. Uh, she gets to start on online, you know, that's going to be interesting, but, uh, you've, I mean, your kids have obviously gone through this because they were in school at the start of uh, the pandemic. So they have to do online schooling. Uh, what piece of advice do you have? Well, for us, so we don't start until the 24th. So for us, it's going to, some, some of you are starting tomorrow. Some of you have already actually started. So, um, the advice that we're going to apply starting really, we kind of started applying it last week, but we're certainly applying it this week is getting them back more to a regular schedule yep. for five months. They've had a terrible schedule. Like it's, Oh, we'll go to bed at 10. We'll go to bed at 10 30. Like, you know, like it, there was no real reason. And, and then even in March when they were doing virtual school, there was no schedule for school. You just wake up and do your school. So if you wake up at eight 30, you do your school. Then at least our house, that's how we were doing it. Mm -hmm. As long as we did that first, then, then they could do play time afterwards. Uh, for us, we're going to transition back to going to bed at a, earlier time we may not be able to get them in bed by 8 30 this week because it's been kind of chaos for the last five months but we've scaled back a little bit last week uh this week we're going to scale back a little bit more until it becomes closer and closer wednesday thursday to their normal bedtime during the week 
Um, to us, I think getting your child on a schedule and a regimen is very important. We're all creatures of habit and uh, beyond the sleep, just you know, knowing that it, if you are doing virtual school, some kids are going back um, at 7.30, if that's when school starts, that's when school starts. And I would prefer, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to enforce this because I, I myself don't do this all the time. Get out of your PJs, put on some real clothes. Like yeah. let's treat it like a real day. Absolutely. The, man, you know, like my daughter's been on an endless summer pretty much, you know, for the first five years of her life. And, like this is her first true school setting. She's been in daycare before, but daycare is like you roll up, you have fun and you learn and then you go home. Right. This is her first entry into school. And I don't think she has any idea what it's going to be like, like with the actual structure and she's pretty good with the schedule. We've been ramping it up where she's going back, uh, back to bed at a good time now. Because you're right. Like, we would be like, oh, it's 11 p.m. Who cares on a Thursday night? You know what? Let's watch Captain Marvel. It's all right. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, for sure. Here's a, here's a little uh, advice from Emmy Del Toro. Uh, pray. Brain breaks. Pray for patience. That's huge. Parents, yeah. teachers, and with the, the students. This is, all, this is all brand new for a lot of people, right? Uh, seating at home, pray for patience, quiet place, minimize distractions. Yes. And, uh, you know, just hope that your teacher's good, man. It's going to be interesting for teachers as well. One of my friends, he's a teacher and he pointed this out. He said, you know, in March, when everyone transitioned to online learning, you knew the students, you knew your classroom. So it was something familiar for now. Everyone's going to have brand new teachers. You might know some kids in your classroom, but it's going to be so hard if they're online to like learn about your students and gain that trust and bond that usually develops right with a teacher and student. Right. So that's going to be something interesting to watch out for as well. Yeah, look, I, I've enjoyed these last five months because I've been working from home 97 percent of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, we are starting the first nine weeks at home for sure. We'll see where we go from there. But I've enjoyed being able to bond with them. And, and I want to tell you another thing. It, look, there's been a lot of bad with Corona more bad than good, obviously. The one good, and I've mentioned on this show before, is family time, right? The family time has been maximized. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, in a normal training camp setting, I would be at Texas training camp yesterday, right? I'd be live early in the morning. I'd be at every practice. And as much as I enjoy that, uh, the Texans are allowing one person from each, or the NFL is allowing one person from each outlet to be there, right? So Greg Bailey was there for us. So I was following training camp from a soccer tournament which is probably not something I should announce on the podcast, but I was literally listening to the press conferences, uh, going through the social media, checking in with our, our news department on wh what our plan of action was, but I was able to do it from my laptop. Uh, I didn't open it much and, and watch what was going on and be a part of my kids' lives. Uh, typically on a Saturday, I wouldn't be there. I'd be at, at Texas training camp. And, and I think that's been the one beautiful part of Corona, right? way more destruction, way too many deaths. Uh, there's no disrespect, uh, no disrespect when I'm saying that. Um, but I have, I have really enjoyed the family time us, the Nuno family being a nuclear unit together for just about everything. And in the beginning, I don't, I think you guys were doing it too. I think we talked about it. All the family walks, we're starting to get busy again. So there's not as many family yeah. walks, but like all the, I, everybody in the neighborhood was doing that. Right. And, and I think yeah. that was universal. And the other thing is, you know, we always talk about back in the day, you would know your neighbors and you would hang out with them. But 
in the current society where people get home at like six o'clock and they have an hour with their kids before they go to bed and you got dinner and all that, you don't get a chance to go outside and meet your neighbors, right? So we've been in our current neighborhood since 2014. And I will be honest with you, for the first three years, we were in that schedule, like my wife and I. And then when we had our daughter, it was like nonstop, right? So you you would know your neighbors, you'd say hi to them. You might not even know their names. But this time, there's two events, right? Like Hurricane Harvey, everyone came together yeah. to help each other out. We got to know each other, right? Um, but during this pandemic, because everyone was at home and there was nobody else around you, you can't leave. Um, it was pretty cool. Like during those walks, you know, you, your neighbors come by and our neighbors would end up sitting in our driveway, of course, you know, with the socially distanced guidelines and all of that. But it, it, like our neighbors have become some of our best friends now because for the last five months, we've been hanging out with them almost every day because that's all who, that's all who we can hang out with. Can I, can I throw something at you right now? Mm-hmm. Say goodbye to your neighbors. Why? Because now your kid's going to kindergarten. It all changes. No. Activities come. and well, I, During Corona, no, right? But at some point, we're going to get back to normal. And she's going to be in cheerleading or yeah. in soccer or in band or whatever it may be. And, I mean, you're going to get busy. I'm just saying. No, but here's the cool thing. So all, all of our neighbors that I'm friends with, four of them are all going to kindergarten. So, like, we're all in the oh. same boat. Every, there you this go. Is a, yeah, like, all the kids are the same age. And they're all going to the same school. Luckily, they're not all in the same class because I would feel so bad for that teacher because these kids, I mean, they, they will just cause a ruckus. Ruckus. That's a word that I don't use as much, but I need to use more. It, it, you got to bring the ruckus. I got to bring the ruckus. I've heard that in some songs. Yeah. He's uh, Yeah, but it, it will. It will happen. Have, I'm, I'm with you. You have a wild card question for me? Wild card question. Well, any wild preparation needed? No. Ready? Um, okay. Do you like going to the beach? Yes, but I feel like you want more than this from me. No, 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 no. I just this is just a, a part. That's not the wild card question. That would be a horrible okay, wild card I, question. I, let me just say this: I like going to the beach. I don't like what happens to my car after I go to the beach because oh, all the, the sand on the kids' feet and then they think they wash it off and it's all of that part of it. I don't like the actual beach. It's, the thought of going to the beach, awesome. It's great. You get there, you enjoy it, but the cleanup is a nightmare. Like yesterday, it took me an hour to get all the sand out and this and that, all that. I'm with yeah. you on that. Okay, I was yesterday, uh, so we went to the beach yesterday, and we went to Crystal Beach, which is on the Bolivar Peninsula, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I I go there a lot. I like going there, and I like going to the beach. Like, literally every month, I'll go, because I love just being by the water, and I've seen some wild things at the beach, okay? Yesterday, I saw the wildest thing of them all, so I want to get your question. What's the wildest thing you've seen at the beach, and while you think, here's what I saw yesterday when I was looking for a spot on uh, Crystal Beach, here's the picture. I don't know if you can see it. There were just two horses casually okay. just in the water. Did everybody see my face looking real deep? Take off the screen real quick. Okay. Okay, that's not a good look for TV. All right, go ahead. No, no. Do you, but do you see it? The the two horses. And then the two random just, people to the left of them, yeah. Yeah, they're just like, and it was no big deal. Nobody's reacting. I've never seen that before. Uh, where just two horses are in the water, and everybody else is like, oh, yeah, it's just a normal day, whatever. Normal day at the beach. Um, so first off, I've never seen anything like that. Um, <laughs> I It's some of the stuff that I've seen that's weird, I will not say on, on digital, okay, or on, on camera, <laughs> all right? But uh, I would say the 
I don't want to say the most ironic, but like we went to Gulf Shores. We we're driving back from Florida one year and we stayed in Gulf Shores and we went to the beach and we literally got there five seconds into it and we heard somebody screaming that they had bit by a jellyfish. And I turn around and apparently it was a big jellyfish day. And I go, hey guys, there's a lot of jellyfish. We should m maybe move down. The moment I said that, Cruz got bit by a jellyfish. I think it was Christian, excuse me. Christian got bit oh. by a, a jellyfish. The moment, so it was like, hey guys, we gotta be careful, there's jellyfish. <sighs> and then we're hearing all these random people say, you're supposed to pee on it. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not peeing on my son's leg for a jellyfish bite, but it was huge and like it, they were all over the beach. We had to move. So, um, so not what the did most you do? Weird. You had to suck it up, Buttercup. You got hit by, <laughs> we're, we're gonna enjoy vacation. Sorry. You know, like you sit out, you know. We, we just moved to another pool. I think we went to the pool, actually. But okay. what, don't you what, hate when that happens? Go I to the hate beach. that. Oh, just go to the pool that we can go to anytime. Let's go. So were other people peeing on each other afterwards because of the jellyfish bites? No. And if I saw that, I would vomit and not tell that story on the air. But I did, I did remember hearing people say that. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, that's what you're supposed uh, to do. I don't believe it. I don't care if that's what you're supposed to do. In fact, I'm going to move on from the topic. But I will say... That didn't happen. We just saw it on Buttercup. We're going to have fun on this vacation. You better like it or not. That's what happened. Tough happens. luck. Uh, any thoughts on the Houston Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunder, first-round playoff matchup? Uh, you can't write a better storyline, right, for the NBA. The two teams that traded for each other's superstars and all the success that the Oklahoma City Thunder have had, like, great for them. I love it, right? Chris Paul, he goes with the young core. We all thought it was just a rebuilding year, and now – they're in the playoffs, and they have a favorable matchup in that Russell Westbrook, the guy that we thought wouldn't be hurt, is hurt to start the series. Now, we don't know how many games he's going to miss, all right? But he is going to miss the start of the season, according to multiple reports last week. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? So a couple things. Uh, your, your idol, Alonis Morissette, had a song called Isn't It Ironic? Mm -hmm. Isn't It Ironic? What's the name of that song? It, ironic, yeah. Isn't it is that ironic? the name of the song? Or is it just uh, the... Yeah, I think it is. Okay, Isn't it ironic? Isn't it ironic? I gotta look this up now. So that the Rockets make a deal for an MVP type of player who has definitely been an upgrade for a guy who was broken down and old in everybody's eyes, who had gotten hurt, and that's why the Rockets weren't able to get past the Warriors. Now he could be considered your most valuable player. He's not gonna win the most valuable player. He's not one of the top three, right? But I'm just saying you can make an argument for Chris Paul being the most valuable player and you're playing him in the first round and the guy you traded him for is injured and he's healthy long series to go a lot of things can happen i think it starts tuesday right if i remember tuesday. my math correctly yep. uh, my calendar reading correctly i think it's very ironic that that's the situation we're in for the rockets it comes down to a couple of different things and you have to read this message from jessica in a minute but uh for the rockets it comes down to health and can they move the ball in the playoffs, what happens to them? Obviously, defense is always an issue. But if if the Rockets are able to move the ball and not stay stagnant on offense, which happens a lot during a seven game series, they can beat anyone in a seven game series. Mm. And that's the same story with them at all times. But they got to play D and they got to move the ball. Um, and yeah, obviously health. I'm giving you a lot of reasons. Healthy, they can beat anybody in the NBA. Anybody. I, I, do I like their chances against the Lakers? Sure, if they're healthy and they move the ball. But there's a lot of ifs, and that's why they haven't gotten over the hump. See, my, my big concern, if Russell Westbrook, even if he plays, let's say, game two forward, 
uh, he's not going to be 100%, right? And that's fine. Like, we'll figure that out. Austin Rivers had a nice game. He had 41 the other night. And Eric Gordon, hopefully, I mean, just can hit some shots. That's all you hope for. But um, my big concern with this is not that they won't win the series, but the toll it will take on James Harden. One of the great things about this restart has been how fresh James Harden has looked. Now you're going to go every other day, playoff intensity basketball. That will, you know, and you're going to, his usage is going to go up if Russell Westbrook's not there. So are you going to wear out James Harden for the next round and potentially the biggest series of the year with the Lakers, right? Like that's what I'm worried about is James's usage because of the Westbrook injury. Well, I believe usage and worn out is a true is a is a thing. Yeah. I'm sick of that thing. I'm sick of it. Like these guys play basketball all year. They play in the summer. They play the, so like you know what I'm saying. Like yes, the intensity and the amount of of course it's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. We had four months off, or they had four months off, right? Like like just please everybody. Yeah, that, that's that's fair. But you can undo all of that. You can't. But every, playing, if you're playing 40, 42 minutes a game. 43 minutes. Every team's going to go through that, though. Like, the Lakers are going to go through that. The Mm -hmm. Clippers are going to go through that. Oh, They're all going through it. Um, The Rockets, look, without Russell Westbrook, they should beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. They should. Mm -hmm. Okay. They played, was it last year that they played them in the playoffs with Russell? It was uh, Russell's most valuable player year. So, two years ago, two years, three years ago almost. It's been that long. Time flies. Okay. Uh, They should. They absolutely should beat them, mm-hmm. like regardless Russell or not. And I and I and I know it is true that you get worn down, and that's what it's, we've seen happen from James. But eventually, as I said with the jellyfish, suck it up, Buttercup. This is a championship. It's there's no Golden State in the way, right? There's no Golden no. State in the way. Go get it. Go get that championship. And the other issue that's bothered this Houston Rockets team, and we heard it to start the year, or start the restart. Excuse me, was communication on defense making that extra effort and they do it they did a really good job against the good teams in the last five minutes to ramp up that defense to put a lot of effort on defense and get those key stops right this Oklahoma City team moves the ball a lot so you're gonna have to be on top of that communication you're gonna have to make that extra effort because they will non-stop grind it out especially with a guy like Chris Paul he understands that hey that is one of their weaknesses is the rotations and that secondary, that third effort on defense. So what's going to happen there, man? I, I This series is going to be interesting, but the Rockets should win it. Let me ask you this. What are the chances that Chris and James verbally jab at each other during this series? Like, you no know, chance. You don't think so? I don't think so. I don't think so. They didn't do it in the first three games when they played. I don't know, but playoff series, things get chippy. Remember, mm-hmm. uh, Chris did the, the shimmy for Steph. Like, yep. you know what I'm saying? Like, things, you know what I'm saying? Like, things can happen. Like, look. And if there's any real truth, which we believe there is some truth to the reason that they shipped out Chris was because James was ready to, to try something different and they were having some problems during the season. It, it may manifest during this series, yeah. this series. It may. I James, But James never talks in a series. Like, I can't remember a moment where James is doing that. Chris will try to get under his skin. He well, I mean, he'll, he'll, do he'll do little things like that. But that's his trademark. No. That's his trademark. No, but he'll he'll do things. He'll <laughs> yeah. look at you. You know, like he, he's more of the, uh, what do they call it? The subtweet? subtweet yeah, he's a guy. subtweet guy. He's a subtweet yeah. guy. Chris is going to get right in your face and talk. He will at you. Yeah, he's <laughs> definitely. That's the best way to put it. He's subtweet guy. And uh, he's, okay, I'm more James Harden in that, like, I'm not going to talk trash to you. Okay, I'm going to get out of your way. And if I do talk trash, I'll call you to back me up. 
Raheel's done this so many times in your life for the last 13, 14 years. You will, all he does is, guys, you got to listen. This is like inside baseball stuff here. He puts a little bit of uh, pixie dust on it. He just knows if I tell David the right thing, he's going to go nuclear. You have done that at 1560. You have done that at Yahoo Sports Radio. You've done it at ABC 13. You've done that on the basketball court. You know, all right, I need Nuno to go nuclear. So I'm just going to tell him just a little bit because he'll say something every time. Because I know my role. I know my role. You're better at going nuclear than I am. So you're saying I'm meaner than you is what you're saying. No, you're more you're more aggressive. I'm more direct. Yeah, you're more confrontational. Like, you know, like I can't if there's a work conflict, not that I've had any at, at 13, but if there's a work conflict or something that needs to I can't be one of those guys like that's like, I'm gonna take my time on this. I'm just gonna think about it overnight and discuss it with no. I go head on, boom. You said what? No, no, we're not gonna do it like that. And I may be wrong. In fact, I'm probably wrong more than I'm right. But I can't, like, I have to say it. I'm, like, there's certain people that know how to, like, like my pastor at church has, has made this point. Like, sometimes it's not worth saying something. Sometimes it's worth sleeping on it, moving on. And, no. Like, yesterday, after the soccer games, instead of only going praise, I go praise and negative. All right, this is what you did wrong, but this is what you did right. But this is what you did wrong, and this is what you did right. I have to be heard, and it's a character flaw that I embrace. Okay, other things in Houston sports real quickly. Uh, do you catch a four? Out. ACL tear. Huge loss for the Houston Texans. They already are struggling up front, man. Uh, you know, from that position, the outside linebacker, they use that a yep. lot to rush the QB. And I get it. Like, he's not a high draft pick and all that, but he was an important part to the to the team and what they were banking on up front. Yeah. You know, let's have a lot of guys that can do this. Here's my question. Beyond COVID, because COVID is going to be his own issue. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing in baseball, are we going to see it in the NFL? Uh, you you listen to some old time guys that had like training camp that was two a days and practice hitting from like day one. That the reason there's been more injuries in the NFL maybe today is because they don't do as much hitting and their bodies aren't acclimated to it. I don't know what I believe. I would assume getting your head knocked in less is probably better for you. But regardless, I'm curious if the same kind of thing could happen in an NFL season this year where things were kind of put on pause for so long. There was no summer training there was no otas no you know um, no preseason games no, yeah. right yeah and then bam you're playing games are we going to see an influx in yep. this type of injury i'm not saying this is isolated to that because people get hurt in football that's just the way it is but if we're seeing it in baseball the mechanical issues the astros have had so many guys injured especially pitchers are we going to see that same kind of thing in the nfl yes uh, probably I- Absolutely. And I'm with you. Like the ACL stuff, it's a case by case thing, right? Like what happened? ACLs, I don't look based on everything I've read. There's no predictability, right? There's nothing where you can go, oh, man, this was wrong. So the ACL tore. There's it's just a toss up sometimes with the ACL. Right. Uh, But the hamstring issues, the little the, the tears, the the minor things where you're ramping up going from 60 percent at training camp. Right. You can say you're going 100 percent. But it's never going to replicate game day speed and game day experience. So to ramp it up all of a sudden where you're going, and especially for the Texans, where you go from nothing to playing the Super Bowl champions. Bro, I'm going like, to tell you right now. Come on. That, that's, it, it's a recipe for disaster. I'm going to tell you right now. If you're not ready for that game, like I'm going to use, use, use soccer again as a, an analogy here. There's a team that we've lost to a couple times, and last time we lost to them was at the last tournament we played in from one of my daughter's teams. And if that doesn't burn at you 
every day of the five months that we didn't have soccer and I were back when you play them the next time. I know for a fact who, who we talked to. There's been several Texans that have told us that they have thought about that loss. I think it was Whitney Merciless last week. Justin Reed. Trans- Justin Reed Justin said that Reed, too, remember? Yeah. Right, on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, that they don't think about that. They, it absolutely, absolutely should burn at you. That game is one of those games that my entire offseason is focused on. Yeah, and and that's my point. Is it's You're focused on it so much, and all of a sudden you're going to go from your training camp speed to that game day speed against the champions. Yes, it's going to result in some injuries. Like There's no way around that, especially if you haven't had the preseason games. And I get it with starters. You're not using the preseason, the whole, you know, like you're not using all the games to ramp up, but you are using a quarter, then a half, then three quarters, and you're ramping up, right? Now you're just going from zero to 100, and yeah. it's going to be a disaster. And, and to answer your question, I think there will be a lot of injuries like there have been in baseball, like Justin Verlander, and CJ has a good question here, uh, in all caps. Mr. David Nuno, I have a question for you. When is Justin Verlander going to come back to the play uh, to play in the Houston Astros for the Houston Astros? Buddy, if I'm them, I'm taking my time with him. Yep. Sorry. They're still a, a, a pretty good team. I know they had a rough week. What was it, a week ago? They've had a nice week. I guess some lower competition, no doubt. Uh, but I take my time. You're still in the mix. You're still a, a good team. Let him get healthy. Worst case scenario, not worst case. Even if, I don't want to call it best case because it's not best. Best case, he comes back and he's Justin Verlander and he dominates. But middle case scenario, whatever that term would be, if he's your closer. You got Justin Verlander as a closer? Are you kidding me? You just want him in at some, you just want him on the roster and pitching somehow, some way. Because uh, Roberto yeah. Asuna's gone. You know, he's getting Tommy John surgery. Um, so he's done. And that was one of the initial reports from the Houston Chronicle that Justin Verlander would have to get uh, Tommy John surgery. He was done. But the Astros have instead said, we're going to take our time. We're going to let's see how this uh, and reacts. Verlander. Yeah, and he's Verlander like, nah, himself. That's not true. Yeah. And uh, the forearm stiffness, he's been uh, rehabbing it, and we'll see what happens. But to me, the best case scenario, it's not him coming back fully healthy, all that. My best case scenario is, about two, three weeks left in the season, he's back pitching, getting ready for the playoffs. Right. Because it, it, that's the most important thing. If, if, he's, if he is good enough to be, let's say, your number three, right? Because you'll have Lance uh, McCullers, you'll have uh, Granke. And if what Justin Verlander's your three and he's somewhat healthy, that changes up everything. And now in the playoffs, it's a wild card, right? Like who knows what happens in the playoffs? But I'm good with that if he's back for the playoffs. But you got to get there first, too. Greg keep telling people well, the pitch is coming is the most gangster thing ever. Yeah. I love it. It is so great. It's so it, awesome. It, it's, uh, I, I've, I've, I love it. I love McC- I, look, I don't believe there's a lot of people who believe this is a lost season. It may be a lost season, but I don't believe you can ever, especially after what the Astros went through some, some years back, mm-hmm. you can never uh, tackle a season as a lost season because you just don't know. No. I'm telling you right now. Even though everybody hates the Astros, right? You don't want to play the Astros in the playoffs. No, you don't. And now, don't. And, and I get Jordan, by the way, today announced oh. he was going to be out because of a knee discomfort. But if everyone's back, and look, Altuve has been a mess, okay? It has been a disaster. You know he's going to turn it around. When this lineup is, when this lineup is rolling and they get it going, there's, there's not many lineups better in baseball. So... 
you're right. They're never going to be out of it. They're never going to be out of this. Can we give CJ a second question? I mean, he's a loyal viewer of the show. By the way, CJ, smash the like button. Like smash our Facebook. <laughs> follow the podcast. Do it all. Mr. David Nuno, we're, we're friends. You can call me David. Dave, that's fine. I have another question for you. Why did they cancel the Big 12 and the Pac-12 college football championship? Can you explain it to me? So it's the Big 10, not the Big, Big 12. 10. Big, yeah. Big 12 is going to play. Look, I believe there are different schools of thought, and sometimes depending on where you live. I guess that's the easiest way to phrase it, right? And I hate to say red state, blue state, whatever it may be, but we talked about it before they started canceling things, that there was no way we saw the SEC canceling the season, no unless they're forced to, right, by if college football – uh, somehow forced it to happen. Uh, and, and I think the Big 12 also, a very Southern conference, like they're the same way. The ACC, obviously the same way. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that, you know, um, and, and it kind of depends on what scientists you want to believe, right? Um, so why do the Pac-12 and why do the Big 10? Their leadership felt that it's not safe. While the others conferences, and Raheel, you can chime in on here, this, the other conferences feel like there's not enough evidence to feel like if we do, if we police our kids the right way, we can't play football. Yeah, it, that it comes down to that. Everything you said. Uh, by the way, have you seen some of the footage coming out now and some of the positive test rates? So, um, I get it. And people that that believe solely on the positive test are gonna freak out and say, "Yeah, a positive test doesn't mean anything if you know they're asymptomatic or all that stuff." Save that for another time. But this is just bringing it up. There have been many reports now with schools that are playing. Right, North Carolina, Florida State. There's so many schools out there now where the players were the only ones on campus. And guess what? Like it was not many players tested positive. But now the actual student population is starting to move back in. And guess what's happening? And guess what's happening, right? Like that's going to happen. It's not, you can't control that environment forever. So now there's like two parts of this. What is going to happen once we start get going with full population, student populations back in? Because the students... Uh, are going to have to go to class. The student athletes are going to have to go to class. They're going to interact. And then also the second part of this is college students are going to be college students, right? They're going to, they're going to go hang out with each other. You can't tell them to go, Hey, be isolated for nine months or eight months. Like it's impossible, right? Like right. You can't, it's, right. it's not going to happen. So there's no, perfect we'll right? yeah, there's no, there, there isn't, but it's going to be fun to see how these schools who have been so gung-ho about playing, how they respond. Because now your your leadership is going to be tested even more. Because now we'll see what happens when all, everyone's mingling together, right? Yeah. Like it was easy a while back because there's nobody else. Now we'll see. Like this is where real leadership will be tested to me. That's why I think is we live in a beautiful country. There, there are some issues, there's no doubt. Yeah. But is like, I think, I don't, if you choose to keep your kids at home or send them to school, that's your prerogative. I have my reasons for keeping my kids at home. Uh, my father and mother, are, they're old, 80 and 90, right? So like I, and we see them two, three times a week. For me, it's more about keeping them safe. And I want to see what, what happens over the next six weeks to a month, right? Like I want, or a couple months. I, I want to see what happens. If you, if, if, Families are okay with sending their kids to school Then send your kids to school, right? Like, and, and, and with college football programs, I don't know what the right answer is. I'm, I'm going to rely on the scientists. And now, and, and hopefully they, they tell you the right way to go. Uh, but all of this is so new to all of us. We don't know. We may look back on history and say, what a bunch of idiots. 
we may look back in history and say like they didn't take enough precautions we're in the middle of it of uh, the storm and i like being safe but whatever you know you do what you do yeah it's uh it's unprecedented times obviously so everyone just stay safe out there and uh stay healthy a couple quick nuggets put cj's last question up for um for the screen cj i love you man we've been we've been going back and forth on social media for four or five years i don't know like i don't i don't know if this is like you said earlier you ate hot dogs i don't eat hot dogs i haven't had one since 1984 right real you can vouch for that right yes uh i don't i haven't had lunch yet that's the truth i haven't had lunch yet but yeah i don't know if people want to know that do you want to know what i ate for lunch the question by the way is mr david nuno what did you eat for lunch today come on mr david nuno tell us i will tell you Real, this won't surprise you because you know me. I, 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 I'm behind on my meals today, but I do count my macros. If anybody's interested in oh, that, wow. you know, I'm all about 200 proteins a day, 250 carbs a day. Try to keep my fats under 100. That's kind of, I mean, if, if you care about that information, I'm your guy. There you go. That that's the important stuff right there. Is have you hit your macro goal? I today I'm on pace to not hit it, but I will catch up. I ate yesterday, uh, so the twins had a tryout for the soccer thing that they're doing, and we finished in the woodlands late at night. So I'm driving, and I'm not going to say the name of the restaurant, but I was kind of in the mood for some Mexican food, right? Okay. And I exit in spring just to see if this restaurant that I know was there, and I saw a sign that said 50% fajitas. Bro, the twins and I had some 50% fajitas, and it was really good. Love a good fajita deal. I love a good fajita deal. I still have some fajitas in the fridge. Maybe I'll eat some fajitas today. But nobody asked did. about nobody asked about my lunch, so it's all good. Well, you know why? Why? Be- because I mean, you're you're not as social as I am, Raheel. You got to <laughs> hang out with your neighbors more. All right, man. Uh, we're done for today. We've got uh, Rockets playoffs on Tuesday, and that's a seven game series. You got the Astros, obviously, still playing. Texans training camp. So for the latest news, for the latest stories, watch ABC thirteen. Hey, can I ask the viewers something real quick? Yeah. If you're still watching. Thank you, A. B, if you hate us, which I think is it's fine. You can hate us. Go ahead and share this stream with your friends and say, just do this for for us. Why would anybody watch this? Question mark. Okay? Everybody who hates us is watching still. Man, I don't understand what they're doing. Do that. So let's see what they say because you might have a point. But share it and then say that. And then if you love us, ask the other question. Why wouldn't anybody watch this? Mm. Is that even a I'm looking for the science and the data, okay? I just want to understand why and why not. And that's maybe it. keep my... That's it. That's Smash the want. like button, you know? Or if you hate it, can't you on Facebook do the little mean face? Yeah. I don't like... Do that too. Interact. But share, it. but share it with a bunch of people. And then subscribe to our audio podcast. You can share that with friends as well. Just go on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts and look up No Layups with David Nuno and Raheel Ramsnali. Yeah, uh, do that, and um, I'm going to go work now. We're here. i got some Texas training camp stuff to catch up on. Rockets are uh, going to be meeting here with the media now. Uh, a lot of stuff to do. Why are you in a jacket when it's 109 degrees? That's the last question of the day. <laughs> then I hang up. It, it's really not a, it's not a, it's not a big jacket. It's a nice uh, – it's just – really, it's just a piece. That's what it, I like calling my fashion statements. I'm just wearing a piece. Yesterday, Cruz wanted to go to this tryout thing in a long sleeve Virgil van Dyke shirt, and mm-hmm. I'm like – no, excuse me, it was a Ronaldo shirt. And I'm like, you're not, it's 109 degrees. Like whatever it was in our car, like our car said 109. You're not going to go anywhere in long sleeves. You're not. Okay. No. So we take off the jacket. No. 
I wear I wear a long sleeve dry fit shirt at the beach, a white one. You know why? The Gary Kubiak style, so it covers you from the sun. That's different. That's it. That's it. You are right now wearing a parka. Okay, it's too hot for that. Don't wear no. that anymore. It's just a little. It's an accent piece. <laughs> too hot. I'm just All right. I guarantee your pits are, are bad. I'll talk to you Thursday, man. All right, bro. Later.